I'm so excited today to have one of my favorite influencers. She's also an inspirational speaker, author, and MC. Welcome to Simone. Thank you so much. Honestly, I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited. I've been wanting to interview you on the Hustle podcast for so long now. And we should have reached out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a busy woman. So my first question today, and um, I'm sure everyone listening in already follows Simone and has seen her weight loss journey. But Simone, you're doing so many things all at once. How do you fit it all in? Uh, honestly, sometimes it can be a little bit of a struggle. But oh, personally, like post-COVID has been a really massive shift for me. Uh, it's definitely brought the slower pace of life back into my schedule. And I am not sorry about it. It has been really lovely. But when things do get hectic, I have to rely back on my time management and really good planning. Um, and I sit down once a week and I look over my whole schedule and I schedule things in. And it sounds stupid as like menial as doing the washing and when I'm going to do the house cleanup and when I'm going to practice my gratitude and my meditation and things like that. So that those are my priorities and I then structure everything else around it. And I find that that really helps me stay centered, stay grounded and, you know, have those little slots throughout the day where I can just have a breath and then get back into it. Um, but it doesn't always work. I mean, like, look, today I'm, I was five minutes late for you, so I'm sorry. <laughs> you do not have to be sorry. I love that though, because I think pre-planning is so important. Otherwise you can just get caught up and reactive, you know, into the busyness of life. Like your phone must constantly go off, go off with people messaging you. So do you kind of slot time in to be online? Um, actually, well, what I've done, which is something I did probably a year into having a social media platform when it had grown to quite a large point already, is I turned all my notifications off. This was for everything on social media. So Facebook, Instagram, um, any other platform, YouTube that I had. And the reason I found that this was so important was because my phone was telling me when to check it. It was saying, check me, check me, check me constantly. And I would, I would just be reminded to go and clear the messages then and there. Whereas what I now do is I schedule time into my schedule and I'll sit down and I'm choosing to clear it. It's something that is a personal choice and I'm making that decision. My phone's not telling me to. And that's something I found really powerful because it means I can now differentiate between work time, home time, social time, you know, like time between Trent and I, and I'm not constantly being reminded by this little device that I should be checking it. And I do still have notifications on for things like texts, phone calls, and emails, because those are my urgents and something could come through in those. But realistically, not, not many people text me and I get phone calls if it's urgent, so I want to answer it. So that, yeah, definitely turning notifications off. And I even think on a level where even if you're not doing social media full-time, that can be quite powerful because you then take back that power and the, you know, the social media platform's not controlling you anymore. Yeah, I think that that's some incredibly wise advice. Absolutely. Can you walk us through, what does your morning routine look like? So I'm very much a creature of habit. Uh, I like having my set little things in the morning. And the first thing I do because it used to not be like this. Um, I used to wake up and I check my phone. And for me, that didn't create a really positive mindset for the day um, because I was often consuming things that I didn't necessarily want to be consuming first thing in the day. And that would set me up for that mindset. So I wake up and I practice my self-affirmations. And this is something I've done from the start of my journey about six years ago. And this has just really kept me focused on 
what I want to improve about myself, but also what I really love about myself. And I've learned to love parts of myself I never, ever thought that I would ever love six years ago. My loose skin, my cellulite, my stretch marks, um, all my wobbly bits. So this is something that it seems ridiculous. And when you talk about this concept, like when I thought about this concept six years ago, I thought, how does repeating these things to yourself how does that, you, I'm not going to believe it, you know, I'm not going to believe I'm ever going to love my loose skin or my, you know, cellulites or my saggy bits everywhere, but it's that power of positive thinking and just, you know, happy thinking in general, and we do, we start to believe it. What we're repeating to ourselves day by day is what we start to truly believe, and whether that's positive or negative thoughts, so that's the first thing I do when I start my day, and then I also like to practice gratitude, because I feel that if I'm focusing on what I do have in my life, rather than what I don't have, what I'm yearning for, what, where I want to go, you end up actually attracting more because you are just thankful for what you have. And it could be something as simple, like some days I'm just thankful I've got a washing machine and don't have to hand wash my washing or go to the laundromat, you know, little things where I'm like, wow, that saved me, you know, an hour out of my day. And um, after that, I will get up and I go downstairs and I have my morning vitamins um, and I have my collagen and big glass of water. And then I will do a little bit of journaling. This is only about five, 10 minutes, depending on you know what I've got my thought process that day. But this again is just putting pen to paper and getting some of those thoughts that are in your head out of your head so that you can just free up that headspace. And you know, it's really nice to look back on even a year ago if I was going through a really tough spot and see where I've you know progressed to today. And um, after that, I'll make myself up a protein shake, have my brekkie, um, and then do some like just household chores to get them out of the way. I do some washing, dishwasher, vacuum the house so that it's ticked off for the day. Uh, what? Oh, after that, I'll then sit down, clear all my work emails, make sure I'm back to zero in the morning. And I'll also do that with social media messages. So I try my hardest to clear that every single morning and every single evening so it's a clear slate. And that can take me about two hours at least in the morning. Um, so that's something I try and make a big priority, but it, I don't like to do it as the first thing I do in the day. I like to sort of ease my way into the day. And then I'll head off to F45 and into it. That's how it starts. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That is a really good morning routine. I think everyone should implement that. And I've started to actually do some of those things in my own life. And just the change is incredible, especially with the gratitude. Have you read The Magic? No, I haven't actually. Recommend yeah, I do. I, it's actually incredible. It's all about what you're saying, but you get what you focus on and it actually is incredible. It goes through every area of your life and takes you on like a journey of being grateful for all those things. And it is incredible to see how you start to manifest and attract all of, all of that into your life. So you've been on a huge weight loss journey. And so what are some of your tips now, you know, for people that are listening in today that are really struggling with body confidence they don't like their body and they really want to get in shape. What are some practical things that they can do as well as the affirmations that you were talking about earlier? Uh, for me, I, I'll give a little bit of a backstory just so that people know the full story. Um, six years ago, I was 23 years old and weighed 169 kgs and I knew I needed to make a change, but I didn't know how, what, why I was, you know, how I was going to do this. Uh, but I did know that this time, it couldn't be a diet, it couldn't be a quick fix, and it had to be something that I could maintain for the rest of my life. And I started initially by just cutting out as many of the processed foods that I was eating as possible and tried to make as many of my meals and snacks just from scratch. Uh, ditched the packets and that sort of thing, so I kept it really simple, but didn't eliminate any food group. 
because for me personally, I would struggle to go the rest of my life without pasta. Because if I said to myself, you're not allowed pasta, the first thing I'd go and do is eat a bloody cabanara. You know, I just, that is not something that's maintainable for me. Um, and then from there, I tried to implement 45 minutes to an hour of exercise a day. And this at the time was something as simple as a walk because I was struggling to even move my own body. Um, so some of my, my best tips would be to start slow and start with small little things. Um, don't try and overwhelm yourself all at once because then it becomes something that you just don't think you can maintain. So even if it's the first week you focus on, right, I haven't been eating breakfast and then I've been just binge eating at lunchtime, crap. Okay, let's, let's have a great breakfast, set ourselves up for a good day and have a you know, morning tea and let's go for half an hour walk a day and then just build up from there. Um, and then I was about three months into my journey when I, food was just constantly controlling every single element of my life. Like I'd be making breakfast thinking about morning tea and I found, found that really, really challenging and something that I thought this, I shouldn't have to live like this for the rest of my life. I should, food shouldn't be this focus. I started researching different options and it was weight loss surgery that I stumbled across and did quite a bit of research around this and talked to friends of mum that had actually had the surgery, sorry, medics jingling in the background, and sat down with her and she sort of talked me through her experience. And this is something that chatting to someone who'd gone through it, I thought if I can have the surgery and basically what they do is they remove a large portion of your stomach where you become fuller faster. And I'd stretched my stomach to such a large capacity that I could just eat and eat and eat and I was never satisfied. I thought, well, if I can get this, I'm eating well, I'm exercising, you know, I might be like my peers. I might actually feel that sensation of full. And I underwent the surgery at 23 years old and it was the best decision I ever made. So pre-surgery, I lost 20 kgs and post-surgery, 72 kgs. So that's just a little back history for people because I think it's super important to mention that because I had tried every diet under the sun for years. Um, and I don't get me wrong, a diet works. You know, you lose the weight, but then you start living again. And for me, that's when the weight would just pile back on and more. I would always increase my weight after a diet because it just wasn't maintainable. Um, some of my yeah, top tips, find something you love to do in terms of exercise. Like I started... And I would swim. And that was something I'd always loved doing as a kid. So I got back into that because it was easy on my joints and it was less weight bearing. Um, and the other thing that I always talk about is the fact that with any journey, whether it's weight loss or not, starting it from a point of actually loving yourself into that new journey. You could start any journey from a place of negativity and hatred. And nine times out of 10, you're still going to get to your goal weight, your goal destination, and those same feelings are going to be there. Those don't go away. Weight doesn't change that. Nothing will change that. So you really have to try and work on that mindset from the get-go and really love yourself into this new journey, this new body, this new job, whatever it might be. Um, because you're going to be so much happier at your end result and you know why you're doing it. So those would be my top tips. Mm, that's fantastic. And I really love how you've been such an inspiration for women to love their body you know, no matter what shape or size as well. Like I love through your social media, how you, you talk about how you've come to love your loose skin and your curves, but also with your fit, healthy lifestyle, you have a great social life. Now, how do you, how do you have that balance? So we've got a few things, my partner and I, because we do, we could be, you know, on a busy week in an event seven nights a week. So if I was to accept the champagne on arrival, eat the hors d'oeuvres and eat the platter, 
it would be a shitstorm. So what we do is we really try and like, I'll turn up to an event, I'll have a soda water. I ask for it in the nice glass so I feel like I'm being social. And then we eat before we go so that we've had our dinner, we're satisfied. We might pick up one thing if it looks great, but it's not like we're starving and, you know, trying to get some food in there. Um, so it's making clever choices around that. I mean, the other week we had a friend's birthday lunch. We ate our lunch before we went and we just shared an entree while we were there. Firstly, it's money saving. It was great. And secondly, that you're not, you know, overindulging all the time. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, eating out with friends occasionally. But for us, with our lifestyle, it would be it would be very frequently. So we just can't say yes to it all. So and it's making like during the day. For me, when I'm out and about, I'll make sure I take all my snacks with me. I pre-prepare lunch. We do a big um, cook on a Sunday. And we have a few meals fresh and at the start of the week, and then we freeze the rest for the rest of the week, and we can just pull out a freezer meal. So I think being prepared is often quite key in these situations because it's so easy to reach to convenience food or food when you're out and about whereas if you've actually prepared something healthy at home you know first it's cheaper better for your wallet and it's also better for you and you feel good about eating it like I'll come home from a busy day know that there's a meal in the fridge and there's no excuse I'm not going to stop on the drive home because I'm like well there's food there and I'm not going to let it go to waste yeah that's some fantastic thinking there do you work with a nutritionist now or do you just keep the food really fresh lots of veggies protein (laughs) I never really did. With gastric sleeve surgery, I spoke to a dietitian uh, before the surgery and once afterwards, and that was to guide you around the sort of food that you should be eating because your stomach is so much smaller. You have to focus around proteins and things like that. But other than that, I have really been, I guess, blessed in the fact that I grew up eating healthy food. My habits changed over teenage years, but I know what fundamental healthy, fresh food is. I refuse to count calories just because that is, again, personally feels like a diet and restrictive Uh, so I just try and eat fresh balanced meals and you know that means I can still enjoy champagne and cheese on a Friday night with girlfriends I love that that's so fantastic and what's your training routine now do you like to mix it up or is f45 your go-to oh about Two and a half years ago, post lower body skin removal surgery, I was in a funk. I'd been at a gym previously where I'd been training sort of five to six times a week and, you know, I'd really enjoyed it, but I was struggling to go back once a week. I just had no no drive to go back there. So I thought I've got to switch this up. And I did a trial at F45, which I was very skeptical about because I thought it looked like this big Instagram cult. But honestly, after two days there, I was hooked and I have done it for nearly every day since. So that is my routine. So I do 45 minutes during the week. On a Saturday, they do an hour session. And then I walk my dog in the evenings. You know, we might do a half an hour to 45 minute walk in the evening. So it's, that's what I do. Um, in summer, I occasionally swim. But yeah, that's, that's about it. I love it. It's so good. And how do you keep your positive mindset now? Like obviously gratitude's work, but do you surround yourself with other positive people? Like obviously in the online space, there's trolls and there's negativity as well as lots of positivity as well. But how do you keep yourself focused and positive? I truly believe that positivity for most people, unless you're going through something quite traumatic, is a choice. We wake up every day and we have that choice. And don't get me wrong, there are days where this is friggin' hard and you're allowed to sit in those feelings and you're allowed to feel those feelings. But there's, there's ways for me where I can sort of work myself out of that front, whether that's exercise or talking to friends. And like you said, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Like I've just got such an incredible group of people, friends, family support around me. And this hasn't always been the way. 
And um, it's, you know, this is growing up through life and really realizing fundamentally who lifts, inspires, and makes you feel better about your life and, you know, makes you want to achieve and do more. So I think who you surround yourself with has a massive impact on your mental headspace as well. And, and online, I have dealt with negativity for probably five years now and some pretty feral, awful comments. Um, and it's not something I have always found easy to deal with. I have not grown a thicker skin over time. These comments, they're still, you know, they're there and they do hurt. But I think what I have grown is an absolute knowledge of who I am and what I stand for and what I believe in. And fundamentally, if you know that, nothing else anyone says about you can, you know, truly have an impact on you because you know that your morals are good. You know why you're doing what you're doing and you know that it's for a good, great purpose. Um, so that's something that really does help get me through and just talking about it with friends and family um, if there's something that's really getting to me. But again, with online space, it's, it's like your home. Like as much as you could be a public figure or have an open public profile, that doesn't mean anyone's allowed to come in and just shit on you and scream in your face and tell you to get back or that you're sorry, that you're, you know, that you're not worthy. Um, if someone came to your front door and started screaming at you, you wouldn't invite them in. You wouldn't say, come on, kick your shoes off and sit on the couch with me. You'd shut the door in, your, in their face and you'd say, no, thank you. You're not welcome into my space. This is my zone. So the same with my social media. If people come at me with any sort of attacking angle or they're not open to a sort of at least a conversation of some sort, I just block and delete, get rid of them straight away. If someone's open to a constructive conversation, let's go. I'll chat with you. We don't always need to end that conversation agreeing, but as long as it's sort of, somewhat constructive you know I'm open to having that chat but I think that's something that really you should keep in mind just on any platform is that it's your space and you get to control who enters and who you know who stays stays around if they're not serving you get rid of them yeah that's a very valuable point that's right if it's not serving you that it's actually okay to cut people out of your space for your mental health and I actually just love how personable you are like I've bumped into you at F45 I've hosted you and Trent at a show and I actually just love that you are you turn up your positive energy the way you interact the way that you genuinely want to inspire others to go after their dreams is actually really refreshing because I think that sometimes people can see people that have this big social media following and they can just put them in a box without actually knowing the person but I love how you turn up and you're just so yourself no oh, that's honestly so lovely to hear I one thing I really really would hope is that I am the exact same person online as offline um, and that's the feedback that I tend to get when people meet me so that makes me feel really happy because for me that authenticity is just is what I've grown my platform on. It's it's how I've got to where I am today, and it's something I'm so proud of. I'm just me. What you get on the screen, off the screen, you're not gonna, you know, get two different versions of me. And I'm I just feel very lucky that I am an extrovert. So for me, going to events and meeting new people and chatting with with strangers, that that lifts me up. That builds me up. I leave an event, even if you know I've had like a massive day. I'm on a high because that has actually given me energy rather than drained and taken away. So that's something I'm definitely thankful for because I, I think doing what I do, if you weren't, it would be incredibly challenging to show up to, you know, turn up every day and sort of put on a, put on a face, I guess. So it's for me, that's why I, I think this has worked because it's not hard. Uh, people say, how do you show up every single day? 
I, I, do, I love it. I don't even think twice. It's just sharing my life, chatting to people that, you know, it's something I just honestly thrive off. So that's, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. No, I love, I love that you love people. Let's talk about your <laughs> journey. Like you just started literally sharing your weight loss journey. Did you ever anticipate that you were going to blow up on social media and become such a strong brand? A hundred percent without a shadow of a doubt. No, I, when I started sharing my journey online, social media as a job wasn't even a thing. Well, it wasn't something I knew about anyway. Um, there were people on YouTube, I think potentially at the time making a bit of money off, you know, AdSense and things like that, but nothing like it is today. Uh, I truly started sharing my journey online because it was selfishly for me. It wasn't for anyone else. It was to keep myself accountable and to keep me on this journey. Um, and initially it was to my friends and family. It wasn't like I created this public profile hoping to, to do it as a job. And I, I believe that's probably why it, it ended up, you know, taking off as it did because I was sharing parts of myself that at the time not many people had shared. I was sharing like half naked photos and exposing every inch of myself, sharing my weight, sharing my, my really low points along with, you know, my really high points throughout every, every week. And it's funny when I look back over what I used to share, it, it's fundamentally the same as what I do now, even though I'm working alongside brands, it was my, my food. It was quotes that inspired me. It was my exercise. It was my family life. It was my job. It was everything. And I remember quite early on, because I called it Simone's journey to health, that I would get questions on why are you talking about makeup? And it was for me, health is not just what you eat and how much exercise you do in a day. Health is what you, you know, internally you're feeling, how mentally you're feeling, things that uplift and inspire you. So that's why I've always from the get-go talked about everything, every element and facet of my life. And I feel really thankful that I did that from the get-go and that I never put myself in a little niche. I never just became an exercise girl or a food girl or a, you know, fashion girl. I, I just shared everything that resonated with me. And I remember sitting down a couple of years in with the guy from a marketing team and he sort of said, oh, well, you know, you're never going to succeed because you're, you haven't picked a niche and you've, you know, you've got all these things going on and it's never going to work. It's just not going to work for you. And I remember coming away thinking, you know what? I think I, he's wrong. This is, I want to, this is what I want to do. And I want to share every element of my life. And I'm so glad I stuck to my gun and didn't listen to him because yeah, it's something now that I love that I can talk about, my period on a Tuesday and how that's affecting me, but then also talk about, you know, a beautiful trip away on Friday. So it, yeah, it's awesome. I love that. Breaking all the rules. That's <laughs> but I love to, because I think there's a lot of people now that are trying to become an influencer. But what I love about you is that you have genuinely and authentically shared your message and you've shown up as you and you've actually, people have, being they've gravitated and been attracted to you because of the power of your authenticity and your message. And I think that's actually the right way around of how yeah, influence should work. Yeah, talk to a lot of people about this and they say, you know, how do I become an influencer? I'm like, well, from the get-go, if becoming an influencer is your goal, then you really need to reevaluate this. Take a step back and think, why am I doing that? Am I doing that because I want the free moisturizer? Yeah. Or am I doing it because I've got a message to share? And that's yeah. what that's what it needs to revert back to. You think, what am I, 
what difference am I going to make to my audience? Um, what, what am I sharing? Whether you've got a passion for makeup or hair or whether you've got a passion for health and fitness or whatever it might be, you have to have your message and you have to know why you're doing it. And it has to have really good reasons behind it. And yeah. from there, people will gravitate, you know, like you just have to be you. There's, there's a thousand, tens of thousands Instagram girls on there that are doing the same thing. What you do has to be different and that will stand out. And I think you never want to sort of emulate or try and copy anyone else. It's just, you have to think authentically, why do you want to do this and what do you have to share and what's your message going to be? And when you stick to that, truly people do gravitate and your, you know, your content will get shared and people will, you know, come your way naturally and they'll be the sort of audience that you want. You're much better off having a smaller audience that is actually engaged and wants to listen to your content than a massive audience of people that really don't care what, what your message is. That's right. Yeah, it's all, it's all about purpose and making a difference. I'm with you 200%. Now, let's talk about um, your relationship because I think you and Trent have such a lovely relationship and it's relationship goals and I'm sure like a lot of women watch and watch you guys interact like what are some tips for single girls out there that want to attract this amazing man and want to have this great relationship like what would you suggest that they do well I think personally when you're not looking and when you're focusing on you and when you're your own journey and drive that is when you end up attracting the most incredible people into your life because you're not seeking it so you're not seeking these characteristics and people and actually attracting the wrong sort of characteristics to you and I when I started my weight loss journey I said I'm cutting out men no men whatsoever and that was for about the first year and I remember that was just such an incredible feeling because I could actually just put a hundred percent of my energy into me and I I loved myself through and through and I'd say that's the number one thing is that if you can get to that point where you can say that you, you know, you love yourself, whoever you're going to attract is going to love you too. And you're going to end up with the most incredible relationship. And also knowing what are your, what are your must haves, like little, you know, not necessarily in terms of looks or anything like that, but just traits in someone. I know for me, drive was just such a massive trait that I just, I really wanted in a partner and that's what I found in Trent and that we just sort of we work alongside each other and we we push each other to continue to achieve and you know work towards our goals and that's something that was just a must-have on my little trait list and and then when it comes to actually building a, a great relationship you hear it time and time and time again but communicate I remember in the first year of our relationship, we're two totally different people. He's five years younger than me, comes from a completely different background, um, very religious. I'm no religious beliefs at all. And trying to navigate that was, that was challenging. That's hard. It's not like you're molding two like-minded people. Um, but we, we had the faith that, you know, we loved each other enough that we're going to work through this. And we would just talk about everything, um, everything that might, not necessarily be something you even feel like you should bring up, but by bringing it up straight away and actually communicating through those tiny little issues, it meant that it, it very rarely blew up into one big thing where it was just this like combination of tiny things over and over. And so we would just talk about how we were feeling and be really honest with each other too. And that's something that making yourself vulnerable in those early days is not easy. We sort of put this barrier up and we think, oh, I will just forget about it. We won't admit that we're feeling that way, but it's actually 
opening yourself up, admitting you feel those sort of things, and then working through it as a couple and finding a compromise that works for, for both of you. And we, we still, we just prioritize each other, even though we're so busy and so hectic and so crazy, we make time for each other, whether that's date nights or walks in the evening or just, you know, time to sit down and watch a movie together because he is my number one priority. I'm building a life with him. And I think that that's so important because often they become the person that we put the least energy into because, you know, we know they're always going to be there. And that's when I feel issues can arise is when you're not prioritizing each other. So we really try and make each other feel special. We might do weekends away or even a night away. Um, or even just little things like I love writing a little note for him or doing things to just make his life a bit easier and he'll do the exact same back. So I think it's those little things that can really keep a relationship alive and great and chugging along. Oh, I love it. That's some wonderful advice. Yeah, I, I just absolutely love that you both are doing your thing and, you know, separately are incredible people, but then also you're, a, you're an amazing team. And that's really the ultimate, isn't it? Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you deserve it. You, you attracted that girl. You did the work. <laughs> you did the inner work. So now um, you've transformed your, your body, but also your mind. Now, like you've just released a new cookbook. Tell us about that. It looks absolutely stunning. So uh, oh, during lockdown, actually, so it was a <laughs> bit of a navigating that time. Um, I released my second book, which is a cookbook called So Delish. And this is something that I am just so incredibly proud of because for me, this sort of shows my journey with food over the past six years. I mean, I've gone from eating the most processed crap food you can think of to really trying to nourish my body. And these are recipes for your everyday person. Um, they are all ingredients you can find at your local supermarket. Nothing you need to go to a specialty health food shop for. Nothing you need one jar of, you know, a $9 thing that you use a tablespoon of once. These are just accessible items that you can really find anywhere. And they're super affordable, fresh, healthy meals um, that your whole family is going to enjoy, kids included. Uh, they're really balanced and fresh. And the content that I create on social media when I talk about food, that is honestly when I get the most engagement and it's what people are interested in because we have to nourish our bodies and we have to fuel our bodies and it is challenging coming up with fresh healthy meals. So these are some of my favorites that I have discovered over the past sort of six years and had to play with lots of family recipes in there. Beautiful recipe for my friend Becca that I've sort of altered a bit. Um, but yeah, they're, they're super easy. Um, and that's the feedback I've got is that people are, oh wow, these are actually, I can achieve these, you know, it's not out of reach. It's not by no means a celebrity chef cookbook where you need a thousand ingredients. It's, they're really easy to manage and yeah, tasty too. Oh, I love that. Cause you are such a whiz in the kitchen and I've made a few of your recipes that you've shared on Instagram, like your salmon poke bowls. And I love oh, that. How is that? <laughs> but it's always nutritious. It looks beautiful, like amazing colors. And it's so tasty. That is something that I definitely eat in color and I love the most color on a dish it just it, it gets me excited about the food so yeah you'll see a lot of color a lot of veggies through that cookbook so where can we buy a copy you can buy this at all bookstores throughout New Zealand so you've got Whitcalls, Paper Plus, Warehouse they all do it online from Mighty Ape and then internationally from Booktopia in Australia and Amazon etc online for the states Oh, I love it. I can't wait to get a copy. Now, what's the dream over the next few years for you? You've already accomplished so much as an entrepreneur in your own personal life. The next three, five years, what's on the cards? 
Um, to be perfectly honest, we were meant to be married during lockdown. So we have rebooked in our wedding date for later this year. So if, if we could actually get married, that would be, I'd be so stoked. I'm so excited for that and just hoping it actually happens this time. And then we're really hoping to, to build a family and to start a family. So I know this isn't something that everyone can achieve and do, and it is a tough journey for so many. So our ultimate goal is to have a little your family unit. And I just so hope that we can achieve that and that's something in our cards. Uh, but again, if it's not, we've, we've talked about every other option. So we've got, we've got options as well, but it's, yeah, that would be my ultimate goal is just to build, build a family and raise a family because I, I can't wait. I've dreamt of being a mother since as long as I can remember. Uh, so that is ultimate goals for me next three to five years. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing and being such an inspiration to all of us women out there to love ourselves and to follow our dreams. Oh, thank you so much for having me on today. It's so nice to see you again as always. Thank you.